Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. I'm Andy Simon, your host and your guide. And remember, my job is to help you see, feel, and think in new ways so you can change. And that's not easy because your brain often hates me. I can't tell you how many clients hire me and immediately hate me because I'm doing something that the brain says, oh, please stop. Stop trying to make me better. I know I need to be, but it's hard to do. So I go looking for people who are going to help you do the same thing. See things through a fresh lens. People ask me, what does an anthropologist do? I was asked the other day at a conference, what do you do? I said, I hang out. And they laughed and I said, no, my job is to help you see things differently. Not to necessarily build a new sandbox, but to at least see the edges of what you're doing so you can see what you might be missing. And my first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Height, was about all my clients who got stuck or sold. So Jennifer Klug is my guest today. And Jennifer is interesting to me to share her thoughts with you because I worked with Jennifer and her team a number of years ago. We did a Blue Ocean Strategy Workshop, and they were not quite stuck or stalled, but trying to figure out where are we going? What else could we do? Jennifer, thanks for coming today because I want to share what you did. It was great fun to see you then and to continue to see you now. Welcome. Uh, Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. This is fun to talk about our journey and what's happened and what others can learn from. So thank you for having me. Help our video watchers and our listeners on our podcast know more about Jennifer. You've had a journey. And it's always important to sort of set the stage for why people should listen to you, because it hasn't just happened. You didn't jump out and there it was. Instead, you have seen it, you built it, you've carved it. It's a big piece of Play-Doh that you've made into something big and special. Just let me add one thing. Jennifer is the CEO of the National Association for Business Resources. Now, she's going to tell you how that has pulled together a whole lot of stuff, Corp Magazine, the best and the brightest. But Jennifer, a little bit more about who is Jennifer? Oh, gosh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I guess it's the lenses of who's looking, who's looking from a business. Let's start with a business perspective. Um, you know, I uh, I started my career in human resources and the whole goal was I wanted to help people, but I wanted to use business. I wanted to be in business, um, but I wanted to help people within business. So uh, I landed in human resources. I, I was one of the first graduating classes where it was actually called human resources. So I'm dating myself there. Uh, and then <laughs> later on, um, I, I added strategic planning and marketing um, uh, to my background as far as my education goes. And um, I was in the corporate world. and. It, it wasn't talking to me. I wanted to continue that mission of helping people. <clears throat> so the opportunity came to work for the association and I jumped at it. And, you know, some 25 years later, here I am. Uh, and quite honestly, that whole theme of helping people has been throughout my business career, whether it's my teammates and mentoring them, whether it's our clients um, during the pandemic. Uh, we sat down as a as a team, had all my team leaders, and we sat and said, how are we going to navigate this? And we came out with, we're going to help as many people as possible. And that enlightened us to um, unglue some things. And we, we were able to launch so many programs that helped people, thousands of people through the pandemic. And I'm super proud of that. 
You know, your personal expression, your brand, the answer to the question, why Jennifer, is a very powerful one because there's purpose. There may be profit. Um, we do need a spread so that we can pay our folks and they can all make a living. <clears throat> but what mattered most to you is how do I help people do what they have to do, not what I have to do? So talk a little bit about your evolution as a business, because when we met, if I remember correctly, your organization was providing some insurance products, some support for accounts payable and receivables. Um, they were doing also tactical and practical solutions that smaller, mid-sized businesses could use. It was a, an association of businesses helping each other. And it's come a long way. Tell me the journey a little bit about the business, because part of it reflects you, not just them. Well, you know, I could sum it up. Um, we ignite greatness in companies and their people. And so we kind of pivoted from here's what we're doing to here's our mission, here's our purpose. And by shifting to that, we were able to think differently and offering different solutions uh, to companies. So yeah, the, <laughs> there's the pre-pandemic story and the post-pandemic story. Uh, you helped us pre-pandemic um, unglue the, the brain, so to speak, as far as uh, strategic planning. Um, everybody on my team knew who Andre Rue was, and we, we used him in every meeting, every board <laughs> meeting, you name it. We told the Andre Rue story on this is what we want to do. We want to change... Um, who we are in a way that is um, tenacious and has ingenuity. So um, for those that aren't listening and, and don't know Andy very well, um, Andy, you used the story of Andre Rue and how he changed the whole orchestral experience from mm -hmm. kind of boring to exciting and fun and of value and got everyone involved in classical music. So we used that example for years before the pandemic on how we wanted to change. And I think um, the secret there is we know that success comes from a series of failures. Um, and I think, too, there's there's an element of the more you fail, the more confidence you have. Um, and having a important event uh, like the pandemic and then you get through it and you're you're crushing it through the pandemic. Um, I, I think that builds confidence, not only in yourself, but in your team. And so it's a combination of knowing that we have to fail um, in order to succeed and releasing yourself from the fear. And I think for every CEO, um, there's kind of a thing, not why I'm at the helm. <laughs> It's not just not going down with me at the helm. Um, so I think there's this fear out there for CEOs, this subliminal fear that uh, you might fail. And once you release yourself from that and have confidence, hey, you're not going to fail. No matter what happens, you're going to get through it. I think that releases you to think more blue ocean strategy. So there's the philosophical and then there is the actual doing the work. Uh, and doing the work is trial. We we did a lot of pilots. Um, so during the pandemic, for the best and brightest companies to work for, we launched seven new cities. So we we pivoted. I hate that word now. I hate the word pivot. Everyone hates it. But um, <laughs> well, you refocused. <laughs> we thank you. We refocused. We shifted. Um, and we we had 
a majority of the things that we did were in person across the country. We had conferences across the United States. So when that element went away, uh, it liberated us to launch more cities for regional competitions. So we had our biggest growth during the pandemic because we were released from fear, I guess you could say. Um, and, And Blue Ocean does that. It says, okay, this is something strategic here, but there's opportunity in it. Talk for a moment about what is the best and the brightest. I've had some clients who are who are recognized as among the best and the brightest. So I'll put this in the context for the listener or the viewer. Um, uh, Blue Ocean is not about competing in the market you're at. It's about creating a new market, thinking about non-users and unmet needs, not simply more of the same cheaper. And and then being free to the, what Jennifer's talking about to begin to experiment with new ways to do very important things because we don't know what we don't know. And I right. always say, to never waste a crisis. I never want another pandemic, but don't waste a crisis because as you listen to her talk about just the best and the brightest, it went from nice to very nice, and from some people benefiting to lots of people benefiting, all because of a crisis. What is the best and the brightest? So the best and brightest is a series of programs that we score and rank excellence. So uh, there's the best and brightest in wellness, and there's the best and brightest companies to work for. Uh, The best and brightest companies work for um, people are are more familiar with. And we put companies through the gauntlet. Um, How do you treat your employees? Um, We have 10 different scoring categories. Um, and we have an extensive survey to the employer, but we also validate that by surveying the employees. Um, at the end of going through this, companies can see how they ranked, they see where their engagement levels are, and they get a plethora of tools and services to help guide them with their talent. Um, now, that was our core Since then, we've launched all kinds of tools and resources. We have thousands of best practices that we now share through the best and brightest programs. Um, So thousands of best practices. And then we've we've opened it up to CEO and thought leadership best practices, diversity and inclusion, um, um, team bonding and hybrid work, digital engagement. Uh, So we have this whole plethora of Um, what I call deliverables, but it would be value to the business community that came from the pandemic, quite honestly. Um, But but what I like about the pandemic, not that we all had to go through it, but what I liked about it is it it gave you the excuse to go bigger. So, And you didn't run the other way because I've heard of people who went smaller and they shrunk and they decided to reduce their staffing, they fled. Instead, you turned fear into an opportunity, and you parked it on the side and said, what am I have to be afraid of? What's the worst that could happen? You know, let's go help people, because those deliverables are really a resource, as you call the place, you're a business resource for people who need to know, how do I do this? Where are they gonna turn, to a university? Well, they're shut down too. And they're going to go to their, I don't know, association. Well, they weren't sure what they were doing. What you filled was an unmet need of huge proportion across the country. And people came to say, I'm not sure who you are, but I really like what you have to do. Am I right? 
Correct. Correct. And we went, like I said, we got our team leaders together and we said, what role do we want to play here? When times are tough, that's when people lean on their associations. Um, And so we jumped in, we were answering um, legal questions, you know, all these mandates and what have you. I mean, we were working around the clock. Um, We felt we had to help as many people as possible. Um, you know, it's people's jobs, livelihood, income, food on the table. So we we felt a, a strong mission to help people. And we still do. It's carried on to now. We've always felt that as a service organization that we have a significant job to play. What's interesting for our listeners, I mean, think about it. Um, here we are, we're facing a battle. We're not quite sure if we're trained for it, but we know that people have unmet needs. And I have a hunch as those calls came through, you were a day ahead of them. It wasn't as if you had a whole lot of time studying the legal ramifications of the mandates that had to be done. Or what do I do to build a collaborative culture when people are in different places doing it in different ways? How do I keep them from getting fished and having cybersecurity? And all of a sudden, the questions were beyond and all I bet you could do is say, hang on, I'll be right back. Let me find out. <laughs> Am I right? You were the go-to right. who you went for. Right, oh. right. And I got to tell you, Andy, um, the past emergencies prepared you for this. And what I noticed is, is uh, more seasoned people um, that have been through the Great Recession, have been through other strifes within their own careers and their own companies, those were the ones that were like, oh yeah, I I know what this muscle is. Uh Um, Let's let's roll up our sleeves. I don't think people realized how how long the run was going to (laughs) be. We definitely definitely knew that we had to um, use those muscles. But that's a real um, important point because people who they didn't think were leaders rose to leadership. And people who they thought were their leaders didn't know what to do or how to perform. And so, you know, don't waste, never waste a crisis, even for your own development. So that's really, um, uh, really interesting. As you were going through, was there a case or two that really stood out as something that was quite exemplary, either in a performance by a person or a um, an area that you you found was in tremendous demand and people didn't know where to go and we rose to that? Something that you can illustrate. Well, I think what's coming to my mind is um, the themes that are still going on. There, there's a lot of themes around talent right now. Ah. Um, wellness, wellness and well-being in the workplace. Um, mental health in, in the workplace. Burnout, hybrid work. Um, there is a lot um, that we continue to see in that space that has not gone down at all. Um, it's really interesting because um, some of these business trends of the inability to uh, look to the future and predict things, that's a frustration at the C-suite level. So different themes are coming out. Um, but they were the themes that were three years ago. They're still here. What's the future look like? Um, we do a lot of space and talent. So we see a lot of um, the woes related to keeping and retaining talent. Um, and there's been a lot of mergers and acquisition activity 
a lot of culture merges, a lot of change. So, I mean, this is a great topic. If somebody can manage change and thrive in change, they'll thrive in business. Because if you are going to excel in business, you have to love change. (laughs) You have to drive change and you have to bring others with you to drive change. And you have to make it fun and exciting for them as well. So you, you can't be... Uh, in business and think that things are fine status quo. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, a fresh lens to take your business to new heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth and soar again. My new book that came out in January, 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. Well, but just think about the things you just highlighted, because I think they're, they're, they are classic problems of how do you attract and retain people, but it's on steroids, to use that expression, um, because yeah. the Great Recession, you know, you, people may have resigned and had second thoughts, but it was a catalytic moment for employers to realize that they don't really own anybody. They're not really committed. And mm-hmm. and I have had I have endless conversations about why did they leave? I said, why don't you ask them? And and what you find is that that what they needed wasn't what you were focused on. You were focused on what you needed. And we flipped it all. Um, stop thinking about what I need. Think about what we need and what that person is looking for. Because if you don't understand that, it's no different than a customer. You know, they aren't that different as people and they are looking for something to give them their own purpose and their own reason for staying with you. And they're willing to go jump off with everyone else and see what else is around. They may come back. There's no damage done. They too can say didn't work out. So what? But what's interesting is that you made a big point. The times they are changing. I think Bob Dylan sang that in the 60s. (laughs) <laughs> and I love the the lyrics to that song because they're today, and I think they are always. When when you talk about this, though, you know, 
the National Association of Business Resources is is also migrating in some ways. You're taking your own business and changing as it yeah. comes to respond. And I love, you, you know, you did pilots. Um, I, I always love pilots because we don't really know. So let's try it. And maybe we'll get part of it right and part of it wrong. Where do you see your own future? Because that's a, a big topic for your CEOs. Can you share with yeah. those CEOs what you see? Because you're a little bit ahead of them in some ways, I think. In what way, Andy? Do you, as far as where the business world is going or where our organization's going? Well, you can do the first after the second. I want to know where the the association is going because yeah. you are you respond to what people come to you with. You also anticipate it, but you also are growing yourselves. Any yeah. idea on yeah. your future? <laughs> so we're going through that right now. We we are now finally able to launch our own strategic plan versus what the market tells us we need to do, right? So um, it's refreshing to get back to strategic planning and say, here's where we want to go. Here's where we want to uh, drive. So um, we want to expand some of our work um, on best practices uh, we have all these wonderful resource guides. Um, I I do interviews like this with CEOs uh, to find out what their secret sauce is as it relates to talent. You're going to see a lot more um, quick um, and uh, quick and dirty tools and resources. Um, that's where we're going. We're going to probably be launching some new programs. Uh, we have some wonderful endeavors that we do at our headquarters in Michigan that you'll probably see outside of Michigan within the next couple years. Um, yeah, we we don't we don't let anything um, go too long without a big change or a big launch. Uh, and there's a lot of past launches that didn't work. <laughs> I remember about um, gosh, now it would be awesome, but around. Uh, 15 years ago, we we did this online digital education and training program, a leadership program for small businesses. And um, I thought it was going to be so cool. And we launched it, it took a lot of marketing and um, it didn't take. But gosh, if we had launched that this year, <laughs> last year, what a t- you know, we, we are, we do have some wonderful training programs. Uh, we have leadership development um, uh, training programs and what have you. But if it's so funny, if you go, if you live long enough, right, yep. if you're in this long enough, that old tie from the 70s becomes in and hit in, in <laughs> 2023. Well, to your point, though, I have three leadership academies operating, one for its fourth year, one for its fifth year. And, and yeah. when they went pandemic style, we went remote. Now we're back and we're sort of hybrid. Um, but, you know, only 18% of the companies in the U.S. have training programs. And right. somehow they expect their folks to be learning how to do things. In healthcare, I was always appalled that we would move a nurse up from nurse to nurse manager and tell her to wing it. I mean, it was like, well, how do I manage? Yeah. Oh, that's different than being a nurse. And that's not a <laughs> um, but but it is and and then the word manager became leader. And what's the difference between one and the other? Is one, you know, and and so there are some a real profound transformations in organization today and how we get things done. And I also think you have generational transitions. 
you know, boomers are not Gen Xs, not Gen Ys. I've had yeah. folks where the Gen Xers and the and are are translating the Gen Ys to the boomers so they can get along. And then you have the Zs and the As coming behind them, and the world is very complicated. Um, and it's a, an interesting time. At one point, I had clients in Michigan, and they all were struggling with the migration of people after college from Michigan. Has yeah. that changed, or are people staying in Michigan? Oh, yeah. In fact, we're hosting our national summit in Detroit so people can see how cool and hip uh, Detroit is now. Um, I, I think um, the the phrase comeback city is very accurate. Uh, in fact, we moved our offices to downtown Detroit to be a part of the change and the resurgence. Um, there's so many wonderful things happening in Michigan now. Um, it, again, talk about blue ocean. That's opportunity right there, right? Yeah. Um, cost of living lower here. Uh, land is cheaper here. A lot of people took advantage of the low interest rates. They grew their businesses. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend if you have not been to Michigan or Detroit um, and, and or Grand Rapids in a while, you should come check it out. There's some pretty cool cities here and we're yeah. doing some really incredible things. Um, but to answer that other question that you had about what are the trends we're seeing right now, um, it's very interesting to see this transition right here in this moment. Um, there are some companies that are thriving and can't hire enough talent. There's other industries that they're letting people go. Um, we're at the beginning of this change of the economy where you have this group thriving and this group not thriving. So I think there's going to be another shift um, soon for employers to really focus on. The other interesting thing is hybrid work yep. and how that affects culture and creates subcultures. And um, we are seeing a lot of issues around, do we have digital employees? Do we force them to come back to the office? Do we not force them to come back? Do we need them to come back? Because um, the economy is really hurting our operations and it's time. You know, those kind of questions. I think that a lot of... People are swimming in that right now. Well, you know, it's interesting. I had done a podcast with a gentleman who had a book about how to manage a totally remote workforce. Uh, WordPerfect yeah. is completely remote. There are others that are global that have always been for a long time completely remote. And I, and then I've been called to come in and help with the culture of organizations who have a flywheel of hires and fires and hires and they leave because they think it's the bad culture. And I, being an anthropologist who studies culture and help companies change their culture, know that people don't know what the culture is. They're not even right. quite sure what they want to create out of it, which makes it intentional. And that creates a whole new platform for thinking about what is it you're really trying to, what is it you missed? I have a wonderful right. client in, and they have a brand new office that was completed in March of um, the beginning of the pandemic. And nobody wants to come in. And their right. folks, they have 70 employees. They say to us, why do I have to drive an hour in and an hour back to sit there to do the same work I can do here? 
And the CEO wants to be with people. I mean, he's a social fellow and really just wants the socializing part of it. Um, it's interesting what the pressure is and um, how efficient you can be or how um, social and effective you are. And it really reflects who you are as much as anything. And I don't, your listeners, my listeners, don't underestimate the power of me and who, what I'm looking for, as opposed to we and what we need to be effective here. I had asked that a client, why do you think people are leaving? Well, because it's not the culture that it was before. You mean nobody left before? Well, they did too, but they seem they're moving faster now. And I said, so uh, let's take a look at what, what's going on. Yeah. But yeah. these are interesting times, aren't they? Very, very different. So I think we're at the beginning of a new era of how business is done and how talent um, works. Uh it's going to be very, very interesting to see what best practices come out of this. And quite honestly, it is different. There, you know, there's truth to both sides, right? There's truth to um, the companies that want to bring people back in person. It's much easier to communicate and engage in a group and in person. Training, training is a huge issue. Bringing people in with the right skill sets is much harder now. Um, training people for their job, much harder. Imagine a supervisor that's digital and an employee that's in person. Yep. Uh, so there are a lot of issues now, and yep. that's what we're hearing about. So what we're doing as an organization is we're saying, okay, this is what this company is doing. Here's the best practice on this side. Here's the best practice on this side, but you have to fit it for your culture. You can't just take a best practice from another company and plop it in. Um, it has to be shaped and molded for your company's personality. And that's um, important to figure out what is your company's personality. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm blessed because the best and brightest companies to work for and the companies that we work with, they're they're above average. They think different. They're they're more elite thinkers. It's a community of, of really smart, uh, cutting edge companies. So I I have the pleasure of seeing best, right? But it's our job to share what they're doing with others, right? So that's that's an expect expectation uh, yes. going through the programs. We're going to share your secret sauce, but it's also a gift. And there's nothing better than the gift of kindness of sharing. And then celebrating. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's exactly the gift you have. So I'm absolutely having a blast listening to you. I love Michigan. It's been a good world for me to have clients in. And that's how we met. A um, mm -hmm. couple of things you'd like our listeners not to forget. They always remember the ending even better than the beginning. One or two things that they should keep in mind that you've learned building your business or as you work with your best and brightest who are building theirs. Uh, success comes from a series of failures. <laughs> Don't be scared to fail. Yes. And it's not about you. Yes. There's nothing with you. Take the emotion out of it. The emotion out of decision making, the emotion out of um, your personal impact. And that's the best road for decision making. You know, years ago, I taught a, uh, I was a visiting professor at Washington University teaching entrepreneurship. And several of the entrepreneurs I brought in to talk for their case studies said, oh, I opened three businesses. That one worked. That one didn't. I never failed. And that's a little like what you're saying. Let's distance the business from ourselves 
and make sure that we understand that sometimes things happen for good or for not. We're here part of it, but it isn't necessarily all us that's doing it. I had two things I did hear from you. I want you to be free from failure. The fear of failure is what impedes you from doing the best things, the right things, or knowing what to do. And the other thing is that this is a time for rethinking talent. And I think all of the things you talked about, whether it's well-being, and that's a real big area, or it's burnout, or it's hybrid, or it's culture, um, people are, are, are herd animals. We have survived because of our work together. We've evolved because we could really do things better. It's a great book called The Secret of Our Success. And our success has been because we did it together, not alone. You let that happen. What a gift. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Andy. As a, it's always a pleasure to chat with you and get your wisdom. Well, I'm glad it's been so impactful for you, but it's fun to share it as well. For my listeners and my viewers, thank you for coming. Remember our books, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business, and On the Brink, a Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights are both available. They've done extremely well. They won us awards, and they share the stories of people like Jennifer's customers, their clients, and they are like Jennifer who have smashed the myths of what women can do. Think about it. And our new book comes out September. It's called Women Mean Business. It's the wisdom of 101 trailblazing women, and it is truly an extraordinary experience to listen to 101 women tell you their experiences, little like Jennifer's done today. What are the wisdoms that we want you to share so we can elevate you and inspire you and help you get to where you need to go? And I think that it is a time of transformation for business, but also for women in business. So for all of you who come, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Jennifer, thank you again. It's been such fun. Goodbye now. Bye-bye.